It's October 21st, 1995, and Lump by the Presidents of the United States of America is number one on the Billboard Modern Rock chart. Hello, and welcome to Tell Me All Your Thoughts on Pod. I'm Al. I'm Trev. I'm Quillen, and this is a podcast where we talk about every song that reached number one on the Billboard Modern Rock chart in the 90s, beginning with Kurt Cobain's death in April 1994. Today we'll be talking about Lump, the second single from the President's self-titled debut. Lump spent just one week at number one. Here's a clip. Lump All right, uh, this was one of my very first alternative rock albums. I had uh, only owned albums by the Beatles and the Beach Boys, and when I was in fifth grade, I want to say uh, for my birthday, I got a copy of the President's album and a copy of uh, FOMA by the band The Nixons. Nixons. Do you remember The Nixons? With the hit song Sister. With the hit song oh, Sister. Yeah. Yeah. Sister. When you put on the album, he went... Lies, dun, 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 dun. and uh, that was how the album started. Is the lyric "Sister, I see you dancing, dancing on the stage, stage of memory, of memory, of memory. Yeah. Yeah. Of yeah. memory or memories?" Ooh. I think Plural? just memory. Yeah, that's what I it thought too. Singular, the dancing concept on of, the memory. Stage of memory. <laughs> dancing on the stage of a memory. Uh, <laughs> And yeah. I remember putting on this album and, and thinking that it was, because it was kind of cute on the radio, thinking that it was probably 100% parent appropriate. And I remember putting the first song on really loud. And uh, eventually we got to the F.U. Kitty, you're going to spend the night part. And I had to, I oh, raced yeah. over to my boombox and turned it down as <laughs> fast as I could. Um, did either of you have a relationship with this band when they were active? Uh, I loved Peaches so much in my youth. I loved it. And uh, so, yeah, in my youth, that was it. I just loved Peaches. I, I never cared for Lump and never uh, really got into the album until um, I acquired it on CD about 10 years ago or so. Yeah, I would say just the singles um, from Middle School Basement Parties. Um, this yeah. was very much that that kind of uh, music, and um, I liked it very much. So personally, even from uh, when I was in fifth grade all the way up to now, Lump is not a standout track from this album to me. I have never particularly cared for this song. I don't have anything against it, but um, I don't. I, I'm just not particularly into this song. How do you feel about Lump? 
That's shocking. It seems like uh, just immediately. Like I, I remember watching the, the first time I heard the song was a video, and um, it was like back to back with Time Bomb by Rancid, and they were both like jolting to me. They were both very like I had this viscerally like excited reaction to both of them. Um, where it was just two very cool songs. Like, there's nothing that sounds like Lump uh, before or after, really. I mean, like, this is its own thing for sure. And it was a, it was a, it was just a really exciting thing for me. And um, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of shocked to hear you say that it's not a standout on the album. Um, I mean, that opening is so. So cool. I mean, like to start with just drums and vocals is is mm. such a bold, brash move. Um, yeah, that kind of gets overlooked or forgotten about because we're you know familiar with the song, so familiar with the song at this point. But like, man, starting a song off that way, or just just any part of any song where you're just doing drums and vocals is great. Um, I love that move. Um, I think Paula Cole did it. Uh, with where have all the cowboys gone? <laughs> oh uh, shoot! In the verses, and I heavy and, heavy president's influence on that. Yeah, song. <laughs> I'm equally excited about that uh, that song as I am with Lump. Um, I love the part where she sings about Chicky driving Piggy's little blue car in that uh, on that where the cowboys <laughs> gone song. All the, the little critters on that album. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of the drums, that uh, the drummer of this band rules. I'm so glad to hear you say that. He's because very good. I, this was, you know, because I was listening to this album so early, you know, anytime that, that like the instruments just came together, period, was so miraculous mm-hmm. to me when I was young. Just the idea that the bass and the guitar would know how to complement one another, period, was such an exciting concept at that time. And um, I, I really remember being wowed by the drummer as well. And he, he was apparently a late addition to the band. Um, but yeah, I, was I, I'm totally band. with you. He's, he's, Previous, uh, he's fantastic. He, dude, he rules. Uh, also at this time, his, uh, uh, setup was fascinating because his only other symbol aside from the hi-hat was a splash symbol, which is <laughs> the second worst symbol you can play, uh, after the China symbol. <laughs> and uh, the China symbol never works, and the splash symbol works um, on, on every Dave Matthews Band song, on the Cure songs, and <laughs> oh, reggae yeah. songs, and some huh. Scott songs. Okay, um, but yeah, he like prominently uses the splash symbol. Like every crash on this album is the splash symbol, which is not a good thing um that's a bad thing about it but um it it is not so bad uh, you know it's funny and and uh like a novelty um aspect to the album but uh the, the drumming is good like he's a very good drummer um the drumming on lump is some of the best on the album um they're yeah i don't know just uh really solid playing not overplaying but doing more interesting things than the songs call for um but in a really tasteful way yeah i'm a Mm -hmm. a big fan big fan of the drummer yeah um alec you talked about the interplay between the bass and the guitar did you mean the bass guitar and get (laughs) bass yes i did (laughs) okay the two string bass guitar and the three string get bass 
So I, I, I got to be honest, I think this was in the liner notes, but I never really believed it. And I, I had to do some internet research to see if it was really true, but it is, it's true. Um, Chris Ballou, the lead singer, is playing a two-string Epiphone guitar. Um, and according to different accounts, I read one account that says that there's a single guitar string and a single bass string. Oh, on his Epiphone, Interesting. and then I read one where it's in it's an Epiphone guitar with two bass strings. I read on it. two bass strings, yeah. Okay. And uh, David Detterer on the three string git bass, which I think it really just is a is a guitar with three strings tuned up to it. But um, they're all tuned down to C sharp. C sharp is what I read. I read. Yeah, the speculation originally, well, what I read was that it was speculated that they just tuned it to drop D, but. Um, come to find out it's C sharp. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Quillen, you mentioned the, the drum setup. I thought that, um, when I was paying close attention this time around, it sounded like just a band with thrift store gear, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like just kind of like assembled and, you know, thrown together and they really made it work. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this band had been playing for a while, um, then had kind of scrappy roots. They they were a Seattle band, and um, for a while they were just selling their cassette from the bar where one of them tended bar. I don't remember uh, which one. And they had a self-released cassette, which was, of course, called Froggy Style. <laughs> and um, so bizarre that they got picked up by a label and, and broadcast to all of the teenagers of America, but... Uh, they were kind of inescapable for for mm-hmm. a year or two at least. Mm-hmm. Dude, the thing about Lump, uh, the like middle part with the Boz, uh, oh yeah, is awesome. Awesome. One thing, one thing that I definitely will praise is that this song is very efficient. I mean, it gets right to the mm-hmm. point. It's full of energy the entire time, and it is two minutes and 14 seconds, which I think we established is the shortest song that we will be discussing in this entire podcast. Yeah. Uh, and, and I appreciate that. Definitely some bonus points for that. I read that it was uh, apparently an attempt at writing a Buzzcocks-style song. Oh. Um, which it doesn't sound like that to me. It sounds more intricate. Um, but you know, it, it, it sounds like a, you know, a punky, like power pop type song. Yeah. I see how it's in the tradition of orgasm addict. Yeah. I mean, doesn't this song make, um, I, I mean, isn't this a breath of fresh air in 1995 when everything is so focused on, I don't serious? know. I mean, like just being I, serious. And God, like, compare this to Bush and mm-hmm. like, yeah, I mean mm-hmm. like all the other stuff, like it's just it makes your outlook on the world a little bit better and brighter and more fun. And like, you can just not take things so seriously. My fear is that this is a precursor to the days of bare naked ladies. Um, we're, we're opening the door to alternative rock novelty songs. Novelty rock. Uh, Yeah. And, um, I don't know. I, I'm not sure that I can think of any examples. Maybe cake could be considered to some degree uh, with the distance that could be considered slightly novelty, but I can't really think of anything else on the radio in the nineties that is funny and also good. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I thought of Ben Folds Five when I was listening to this. Um, yeah, that some makes of their sense. deeper cuts, mm-hmm. um, hmm. where you know they're kind of jokey and playful, um, but they weren't nearly as popular. Yeah. Um, and I, I suppose on a related note, Flaming Lips, something like She Don't Use Jelly. Yeah. Is, mm-hmm. uh, is a borderline novelty song. Yeah. And I mean, really, this I, I think this album s- spends most of its time kind of straddle, straddling the line between being a novelty band and an alternative rock band. Yeah. Um, and there are a, a few other bands that do that well from this era and i think you know bare naked ladies fall off that fence onto the novelty side um you know a, a few times pretty pretty apparently and it, it's not always pleasant or fun to to sit through time after time again you know but uh-huh. um but i can i i definitely always appreciate um you know bands like they might be giants where it's like this is fun. This is cool. This is quirky and maybe a novelty song, but not, I don't know. Like if, if I have to ask that question, I think it's doing its job. Hmm. If it's not clearly like an ov- a novelty song, then I'm okay with it. I can't stand that. They might be giants shit. Oh, I can't you stand don't, you brother. You don't like, they might be giants, Alec. <laughs> Not at all. Not even I, I the, just don't. Not even the early stuff. It just sounds like children's music to me. I, Man, some I, of their some of their lyrics are so dark and um, clever, and I mean, I, the I can first understand album that. is. I got into the first album from you, Trav, and it's incredible. And yeah. uh, I actually really liked um, their most recent album, which came out in like 2018, I think maybe it's mm. it's very good and they came out with a single after that that was like even better and yeah i don't know um can we talk about that well we all know that weird al yankovic uh covered or uh parodied this Gus. yeah guess who else parodied this who is else? it is it a christian band yeah our old friends <laughs> apologetics <laughs> They parodied this. Um, uh huh. They uh, their version was called Plump, and I listened to it. Is it about gluttony? <laughs> I don't really know. I I I wasn't. I was passively listening to it on Spotify, uh, which if anybody follows my Spotify feed, sorry, it's very embarrassing. <laughs> gotcha. I'm going to choose to believe that the connection between plump and the Bible is from my new favorite Bible verse. I don't know if you all are familiar with Ezekiel 2320. <laughs> oh, I sure Jesus. am. <laughs> okay. Is this the I'm second time you brought this Bible verse up? <laughs> I feel like we've talked about it recently. On the podcast? I don't know. Maybe. I feel like oh, maybe yeah, I'm having deja vu. I don't know. Well, we'll just leave it at that and people can look up. <laughs> The plumpness plump. of Ezekiel twenty three twenty. I'm trying to think of how plump. What is plump? What does the word plump mean to you? Uh, well, it certainly could mean swollen and engorged. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I'm thinking uh, swollen and like short or like like <laughs> like short and fat, like uh, a like a that like a chode, <laughs> right? Like a chode. Well, then you have not read Ezekiel twenty three twenty. I have read Ezekiel twenty three twenty. I'm challenging you on plump being uh, relevant to it. Um. This song is about a, uh, I guess, a woman named Lump who is in a boggy marsh mm-hmm. surrounded by mud and piranhas. It uh, came from a dream, apparently, that Chris Ballou had while fighting pneumonia. But as we'll see when we talk about the album, um, this band is it really loves critters. And uh, I have no reason to believe that there's any metaphor involved here. That This is just a literal song about uh, a woman in a swamp. It's pretty strange that Weird Al would feel the need to... Um, to parody this since it's already borderline a novelty song but uh anyway. yeah i mean maybe he felt some some sort of affection towards it since because of that yeah maybe I don't well know. i i do agree with travis that it is sort of refreshing to hear this in the context of grunge the context of uh self-pity and and woe is me and all of that kind of stuff and there's no sex in your violence and all that kind of stuff. The self-seriousness, at least at the moment, it is refreshing to hear this. And I got to say, you know, this song hit its target audience, which was me as a, what, an 11 year old um, getting super into this album, which Mm -hmm. was great. I mean, you know, that was a really great source of fun for me. Um, I did a little bit of reading on, uh, I pulled the you guys and looked at songmeanings.com uh-huh. um, and found a couple of interesting uh, takes. Um, one uh, excerpt I will read uh, from songmeanings.com from user Josh1234 says, uh, <laughs> this song is about a brain tumor and submission, no doubt about it. It was written about someone who had a brain tumor as a child and it was removed. The rest of the song is their fear of that tumor is their fear that the tumor is still there. This person is now 30 something and fears there's a small lump (laughs) waiting for its opportune time to groan cancerous again. Uh, and then the next, uh, not no a, doubt about in, it. Yes, no <laughs> doubt about it. Uh, this one is not in response to that, but just a different uh, interpretation from user KS7702. That's not much of a name for a dick. Lump. <laughs> well, whatever flots your boat. <laughs> flots spelled F L O T S. <laughs> <laughs> Missing an A there. I, I just <laughs> found some funny typos that I uh, <laughs> had to share. <laughs> music video. Uh, music video's got a variety of footage in it, including some live uh, footage. Live show looks fun. Anything else that you noticed from the uh, the video? Yeah, so there are two versions. Yeah, two versions. Yeah. Um, the the first one that came up was not the one I was familiar with uh, from MTV. Um, the original one was great. 
Uh, it's them playing in a boggy marsh. Mm-hmm. And um, and then like on a on a dock or like a like freighter. A, a freighter, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, I was just really, um, I was really into it. I was really impressed with uh, Chris Ballou's presence. I thought it was terrific. Mm-hmm. It was really exciting and um, uh, terrible quality on YouTube of the videos. Yeah, yeah. Both but, of them, um, yeah. Yeah. But still, like, if you find the original video, um, I mean, I guess what I assume to have been the original video, I don't I don't know about that, that other one with the live um, footage that wasn't as interesting, but, Agreed. um, I liked, I liked the, the, the video that I liked, <laughs> I guess. I don't really have anything else about the video. Yeah. Not much to it. Fun, fun, dumb and fun. So this is the debut album from this band. It's self-titled. This is a pretty weird triple platinum album. Mm-hmm. I can't really think of any other album that is that successful that is this eccentric. Um, one thing that I am sort of curious about is, uh, is there actually any innuendo on this album? There's the song Peaches. There's the song Kitty. There's a song Feather Pluckin', which sounds like motherfucking when they sing it. Um, mm. So is there anything actually dirty about Peaches and Kitty? I wanted there to not, I wanted that to not be the case. I thought when I listened to it, I was like, there's just such a, um, I don't know, naivete to the whole thing that, um, you know, that it wasn't like, you know, a bunch of sexual innuendo or things like that. But I think the more time I spent with it, the more I'm like, yeah, yeah, there's just some weird stuff happening here. Especially like if you get into the, like the, the bonus tracks on Spotify, there was a song called Carolyn's booty. And there's a line about having a curse on his penis, which was kind of weird. Um, I don't know if you guys got using the word penis. Yeah. He said penis Uh in a, rock song yeah that's kind of funny that that in itself (laughs) is pretty funny it was very (laughs) awkward and very strange um i think the only other time i've heard the word actual like the actual word penis used in lyrics was uh a song from the danny brown album from last year um (laughs) and in his like rapping style with like the high-pitched kind of like uh nerdy sounding voice uh hearing him use the word penis uh was very uh it's just strange very strange yeah i thought you were i wish say... i could remember the line because it's like the line is very funny i thought um, you were gonna say king missile uh detachable penis by king missile oh no which was also kind of a novelty hit from the early 90s um my feeling is that for the most part it seems like the joke is that the listener is expecting innuendo and doesn't get it. I mean, for the most part, Peaches seems to be entirely literally about Peaches, but there is like one or two lines where he squeezes a rotten peach in his fist and dreams about you, woman, where it seems like there might be a little call me by your name action going on, potentially. I re- <laughs> 
I read her. <laughs> that's great. But I read a really satisfying explanation for Peaches, like the entire um, summary of the song, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, it says the lyrics for Peaches were written about a crush uh, Chris Ballou used to have on a girl. According to him, she had a peach tree in her front yard. And when he finally summoned the courage to go to talk to her, he stood under the tree and smashed peaches in his fist until he decided not to talk to her. <laughs> okay, so it's wholesome. It's yeah, it's great. I, I think that's a really like like I I mean I guess I didn't get that from the lyrics of the song, but like with that backstory, it really kind of pulls it all together and and makes me think it's a great song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and Kitty is is very explicitly about cats. Um, Feather Pluckin', I actually remember my mother hearing that song and saying, Alec, and I had to really stop and explain, no, he said Feather Pluckin'. Um, and uh, so I think that, that that is like a joke that they're going for. But yeah, I mean, it's not like the record is 100% clean and innocent. There's, uh, gosh, what's the, I, I think it's the song Stranger that uh, has the great lyric, you seem cool for a naked chick in a booth, <laughs> which uh, I imagine being about like a Amsterdam stripper or an Amsterdam prostitute or something like that. Yeah. Um, I don't really know, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of like very distinctly nineties uh, freak descriptors in that song. Uh huh. Um, I wanted to just list the characters as my cat goes crazy behind me. Uh, we've got kitty, Birdies, The Clam in the Clouds, Vibrating Spiders, 10 Million Monkeys, 5,000 Fishies, Chicky, who's driving Piggy's little blue car, Chicken, Elephant, Carla the Stripper, Bull Weevil, Drug Lord, Little Blind Spider, Dune Buggy, Poodle in Your Pocket, Old Man on the Back Porch, 20 Little Worms. <laughs> That's my almost, almost entirely complete list of characters on this album. Sounds like a Wes Anderson film. (laughs) I guess it shouldn't be surprising that uh, Chris Ballou has gone on into a career in children's music under the title Casper Baby Pants, uh, making music that to me did not sound really all that different from the president's music. But I guess if you've got kids, this seems like, on the more tolerable end of uh, kitty music. Yeah. So Alec, you said lump wasn't a standout on the album. What was for you? Um, I like feather plucking a fair amount. I like stranger strangers got uh, this nice kind of dreamy feel to it. Um, stranger like- sounds like Yola tango and pavement. Huh? It's awesome. Um, and I like two of the sort of like the, the funkiest songs. I like, uh, I like bull weevil and I like back porch. Um, and you know, again, I listened to this album when I was 10 or 11 years old. So I think my favorites are just kind of the, the songs that were my favorites then. There was nothing that I loved this time around on the album, but I, I, I enjoyed the whole thing. I mean, I thought it was cute and fun. Okay. Dude, Stranger is like legit. I I loved that song. I really came around on it. Um, well, yeah, it, like 
sounds like 90s yola tango like um kind of dreamy like you said out and like a little like surfy um mm-hmm. there's like a guitar lead that happens um later on in the song that sounds like uh i don't know like a cool like uh something from like electro pura or um painful um by yola tango there's a, like a pavement element to the song too um, and I'm with you on Feather Pluckin. Feather Pluckin's cool. Um, the chorus reminded me of like a, like a big star in Led Zeppelin mix. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the verses sounded like pavement. Um, and I'm also with you on Bowievo. Bowievo was like one of the funkier songs, like one of the only funkier songs that I really liked. Um, there's a really cool like finger tap, like guitar solo that's kind of understated, but really nice. Um, yeah, there's there's some cool cool non single tracks on this. Mm-hmm. Strangers, like I I love it. Like Strangers, I really um, took away a lot from that song. Hmm. Bull Weevil's got particularly great drumming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really liked the um, covers near the end. I guess pseudo covers. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, what yeah. do you make of that kick out the jams? Would you call that a cover? So it's a cover, but he changed the lyrics. Um, and I guess he said something like he talked to Wayne Kramer of MC5, and, um, you know, uh, he was cool with it. Everything was good. And uh, I thought it was great. I thought it was really good. Um, apparently, We're Not Gonna Make It was a cover of a local band called Tracy Lord's Ex Lovers. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I thought that was a great song. That was like a great, like, sort of thoughtless sort of exercise that comes from like a practice jam where you just sort yeah. of rip something out that uh-huh. you just love. Um, I, I mean, I thought that was, I thought that was really cool. Um, and especially to play them back to back was a really cool, um, uh, something that I, I, I connected to them with, I feel like. I thought We're Not Gonna Make It was a play on the Quiet Riot song. Yeah. Uh, like, melodically, We're right? not gonna Twisted, take it. Yeah. Twisted Sister? Or Twisted Sister, yeah. Yeah, I thought whatever. so, too. I thought so, too. Sorry. Wow, I blew it. That had never <laughs> sure occurred did. to me. Um, I also really liked Body. Um, uh-huh. That was a neat song, especially in contrast to Body by Bush. <laughs> from 16 stone body's another one where it's like the main lyric is i can't get your body out of my mind but it seems to be about a pet lizard that got lost in his house yeah maybe and he found its corpse maybe and he yeah. i can't get your body out of my mind is his expression of guilt over losing this pet lizard right but then i like looked up <laughs> lyrics and I, I saw that he said it was about sex so i have no idea curious okay yeah uh, um, what did you guys think of the Kim Thale uh, feature? Yeah, cool. I didn't. I wasn't aware of this. Oh yeah, he uh, I, plays guitar on Naked and Famous. Oh okay. Seattle baby, it's incestuous. <laughs> <laughs> the rock scene there. Anything from the president's later career that you want to talk about? Since we won't be talking about these folks again. There are two awesome songs for me. Uh, I'll start with um, 
their cover of Video Killed the Radio Star, which was uh-huh. originally featured on the Wedding Singer soundtrack. Um, it is a truly kick-ass cover. Um, I think it is an excellent version of that song. Um, you can tell it's the song, and it also, if you didn't know, if you had never heard Video Killed the Radio Star before, it just sounds like an awesome Presidents of the United States of America song. They took the credit for your second symphony Rewritten by machine on new technology And now I understand the supernova scene Is it the best cover of Video Killed the Radio Star that you've heard? As far as I know. Travis, yes, I like it more than the Joyce Manor cover. Okay, cool. And also, there's, I think, maybe Ben Folds 5 covers it, too. Um, and cool. I, I like them all. That. I like them all. Uh, yeah, the, jo- the Joyce Manor one is awesome because of it. I mean, they like completely redid it. Like it, nothing about the song, only the lyrics, right? Are yeah, the only yeah. thing. Like they completely rewrote the music yeah. of the song, and it's cool. It's a it's a cool track. Um, on a nine song, thir- a nine song, thirteen minute long album. Pretty sweet. Yeah. Pretty cool move. Okay. Uh, but yeah, no, I I think the president's version is just um, superb. Um, and then the other song is obviously Volcano from the uh, follow-up to this album. Um, yeah, I think this is a really incredibly well-crafted song. Supersonic, metatonic, stereophonic, lava and tonic, the boom is bionic, so we shut down, Magabar's meltdown, bonistic breakdown, high-five heat wave, lo-fi lava cake, that's what the smell is. Volcano is one of the best songs of the 90s, in my opinion. It's incredible. Pooping their pampers, baby. <laughs> it's Happy like... campers pooping their pampers when the mountain becomes a fountain. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I've never paid attention to the voice. Oh, no, it's totally fine. Oh, I'm God. so delighted that we all love Volcano. Dude, Volcano I love yeah. Volcano. It's sick. Great. I'm trying to remember. I remember my uh, brother-in-law... Jim and his brother um, being into the first two presidents albums. And I remember like seeing like, Oh, you guys own the second presidents album. I I had never heard it. Um, And this was probably in like 98 or 97 or something. Um, And then I don't know, Travis, was it you that put volcano on a mix for me or did I put volcano on a mix for you? I I think I put it on a tape for you. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Wow. Um, And yeah, it's just incredible. Like it's so intricate. Um, The arrangement is crazy. It is. Uh, Yeah. It's very intricate all over the place. Um, I mean, it's, it's structured like a pop song, I guess, but um just there are just all these sudden changes and mm-hmm. um yeah it's just a really like the performance 
uh, of the song is just incredible musicianship. Yeah, um, for beautiful, a, beautiful guitar tone. Yes, yes, um, definitely. And uh, the drumming is incredible on it. Um, I guess probably just one key change. But it's one of those songs in the tradition of the best kink songs where when you think that the chords have stopped changing and we're just going to repeat, the chords continue to change, which is always something that I really appreciate. Mm. So good. Did we already miss, uh, did I miss conversation on the singles? Did we focus on the actual singles? I know we were talking no, generally I, I we about didn't. the album. I uh, Single-wise, um, I know we, we've talked a lot about Kitty. Um, well, kind of, uh, which I think Kitty is great. Um, did you, did you guys like Peaches when, when you were kids? Yeah. I think that was probably yes. the reason why I bought the album. Yeah. It, it was definitely my introduction to the band and I loved it. Like I really loved Peaches. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the prolonged, um, ending, um, Leading up to, I think at that time in my life, I had never really heard like um, guitar chords like that that are played um, during uh, the verses and in the intro. Um, Get bass yeah. chords, you mean? Yeah, yeah, the the <laughs> bass guitar chords. Um, yeah, I, I I think it's a and I to this day I think uh, as much as I ended up liking Lump this time around, like I I think Peaches is probably. Still my favorite single, though Kitty is awesome, too. Um, yeah, we got Kitty, Peaches, and then the only other single was Dune Buggy, which we haven't talked about. And, of course, the Dune Buggy is not referring to a vehicle. It's referring to an insect that is living oh, in the desert. Therefore, the desert, it is a yeah. Dune Buggy, um, which is a cool song, uh, but not a, not necessarily a standout to me. It's got some pretty crazy guitar playing on it, mm-hmm. um, some pretty wild chords but uh, not necessarily stand out. Um, I've got two other president songs. Yeah. That we haven't really talked about. Go for it. A single from the album two is Mach five. Uh-huh. That was yeah. a, that was a hit. I remember that coming out and being um, kind of into that. Nowhere near as good as volcano, but few songs are. Yeah. Sort of in the, the weirdly in the beach boys car, car culture, um, Tradition, yeah. Little Deuce Coop, four hundred nine. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good, good, um, good point. Um, and I guess the other is uh, Cleveland Rocks, the theme song oh, to yeah. the Drew Carey Show. Yeah, the second song. theme song to the Drew Carey Show after Moon Over Parma. <laughs> Parma, Michigan. Maybe I don't know. Probably Ohio. Yeah, so um, the Presidents put out sort of an odds and sods compilation called Pure Frosting. It was um, sort of like their third album. That had Video Killed the Radio Star and Cleveland Rocks on it. And um, I remember it being pretty good all the way through. Cool. Yeah. All right, uh, other charts. Um, same situation, Hard as a Rock by ACDC is on the top of the mainstream rock chart. Fantasy by Mariah Carey will still be on top of the pop chart for quite a while. 
So uh, in terms of the modern rock chart, one thing that I definitely wanted to make note of is the entrance of our first Melancholy in the Infinite mm-hmm. Sadness single. We've got Bullet with Butterfly Wings by the Smashing Pumpkins, which is just such a rocker. And I remember when it first appeared, and I remember being intimidated by how heavy it was and how intense it was. And, you know, when you're a kid, that translates shortly after into, like, being really into something. When you like, when you cross that barrier from, like, ooh, this is, like, really heavy uh, to liking it, um, I, I found that that always resulted in a really intense connection. And I think I felt that with bullet with butterfly wings and with zero. Hmm. October 21st, 1995 must have been the week that my life changed for good <laughs> to hear bullet with butterfly wings. I waited for the video debut, which I think took place at like 10 o'clock because I stayed up maybe even 10 five because I stayed up a little bit late and my mom was like, turn that damn TV off. And I'm like, I'm not, just hang on mom, hang on. And it kept like, it was going to be played and all that stuff. And then it finally got played and um, I got grounded because I stayed up too late <laughs> to oh, watch wow. this video. So and had you been a Siamese Dream fan at that point already? You guys, if you liked Siamese Dream before, uh, yes, like when you were kids, casually. Um, going back to the conversation we had about misery and jumping on my friend Kent's trampoline, um, we listened to today in the same way mm. and uh-huh. disarm and the singles from that album and. I didn't love it the same way I love it today, but as a, as a kid hearing those, those hits and feeling really excited about them um, and knowing that the Smashing Pumpkins were coming out with a new album and, um, and having all kinds of excited feelings about it and then waiting to see this video and seeing, you know, seeing people in, in this, this pit of mud and, um, man that was exciting and the song was super exciting and my grandmother bought me a vhs copy of the movie alaska which was um a movie about polar bears Hmm. that i traded in i took back to best buy because i was like i don't i'm not gonna watch this and then i bought melancholy with it um how much did melancholy cost at that point oh i don't know it was like probably approximately one vhs copy of alaska (laughs) Um, (laughs) but um yeah oh my god life had to be over twenty dollars yeah yeah it was i think they were probably both over twenty dollars but it was like it was a life-changing thing for me to see and hear bullet with butterfly wings huh Quillen, you asked if, if, if we had been fans of Siamese Dream. We're really at the exact moment that I first transitioned from listening to oldies radio to alternative rock mm, radio. Right, that's right. And I, I forget yeah. that. So um, yeah. really, like honestly, when I think about the first time going over to a friend's house, my friend Evan Levine's house, and listening to alternative rock radio, the songs that I think of are Just a Girl by No Doubt and uh, Aeroplane by Red Hot Chili Peppers. Mm, that those okay. those were like those were brand new things when I made this transition. So uh um, cool. 
Yeah, I did not have any pre-existing knowledge of Siamese Dream, and I, I only purchased Siamese Dream after, you know, probably a while after Getting I already owned a copy Melancholy. of Melancholy. Yeah. I, I think uh, I think Bullet with Butterfly Wings was my intro to Smashing Pumpkins. Um, I definitely, the 1979 episode is going to be a trip because... Yes. Uh, I look forward to talking about 1979. I absolutely do not look forward to talking about melancholy and the infinite sadness with you two mega freaks. Um, <laughs> I am definitely more of a um, Siamese dream boy. Uh-huh. And uh, melancholy, I like 1979 and um, Tonight Tonight. And zero a little bit and that's pretty much where it ends no. um and i i won't go further than that but yeah it'll, it'll be i, uh, I it'll be a, a real pain in the ass for me to sit through <laughs> you guys glowing for well i am i am these days i am a bigger fan of siamese dream than melancholy mm-hmm. but um yeah we should save that yes because uh, yes. I, I i imagine we'll be talking about that a lot in our End of 1995 special. Oh, I'm yeah. so excited. To oh my god, there's gonna be so much f-ing smashing pumpkins talk. Well, we'll see. Ugh. Um, Friends of P by the Rentals, yeah. which I oh, yeah, I, I, here I we think, are. I think inspired a big piece of Travis's wonderful um, bumper music for our podcast. <laughs> what what um, makes you say that? <laughs> I, I, I am not entirely sure, but um, I didn't, I never owned this rentals record. I, I thought it was fun to listen to, but uh, it's great. You, you two liked it a lot. Yes. I'm a good guy for a gal. And I'm mentally slipping. Oh yeah, oh yeah, what's that you see? Friends of P is awesome. Friends of P is awesome. Waiting is awesome. Yeah, I don't know if we'll see Waiting on the charts, but Waiting is awesome. The first three songs on the album, yes. it's like the perfect, yeah. it's, it, it is a perfect one, two, three yep. punch um, to open an album. Great album. Overall, like, it, I mean, the album diminishes in quality after, I think Waiting is track three. I think Friends of P is track two. Or do uh, I have it the other person. way around? Okay. Yep. So after Friends of P, it's, starts waning a little bit but it's still good it's still very good um better than anything uh better than any weezer album um after pinkerton for sure like better than all post pinkerton albums combined probably yeah we should say for casual listeners uh the bassist from weezer who did a lot of the falsetto background vocals matt sharp was involved in the creation of the rentals and uh, left Weezer after Pinkerton. Mm-hmm. And Pat Wilson, the drummer of Weezer, also played drums on this record, The Return of the Rentals, which was their first album. What a fantastic drummer. He's, I mean... I love sure. his drumming. He's, I love uh, his drum sound. I mean, he doesn't do anything flashy. Yeah, yeah. Um, he loosens up a bit so on Pinkerton. Great. On Pinkerton, he goes a little uh, wild. 
and it rule like he does it very well um mm-hmm. and the production on pinkerton allows for him to open up more and it, it's great his drumming on pinkerton is like truly excellent and like awesome and just he wails on uh the blue album and on uh the return of the rentals it's just tasteful simplistic playing exactly what the songs call for and nothing more and he's great at that too the uh other two things that i had noted was um i have a tendency to forget the single wonder by natalie merchant which is wonderful um some shredding guitar happened in there and that's yeah love it yeah i i tend to forget about that between uh carnival and kind and generous um and then a song that i had completely forgotten and then i couldn't even find on spotify natural one by folk implosion dude yeah that was on the one. kids soundtrack yeah. yeah i literally still have the single um in really? my house right now to this day that was such a um a stunner for me i heard that song and loved it immediately that drum tone uh the sound from the drums it's a lou barlow side project mm-hmm. a lou barlow uh, from dinosaur jr from dinosaur jr yeah. and um man that song is great where i can go how i like if i want it whatever keeps me Um, Travis, you liked it when you were a kid. Yes. Wow. Um, at the time I I loved it. You did too. Al. I, yeah, I don't think, I mean, okay. Did you like, and did, had you seen and liked the film kids? (laughs) No. (laughs) Okay. No, absolutely not. Have you ever seen the film kids? Yes. Yes. Okay. So I, much later. I did it. Yeah. 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 Same. I, I, I watched kids, um, I think I watched Kids the same day that I watched Eraserhead for the first time. Jesus, that's wow. a lot to yeah. take on, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I watched them both by myself. Um, Ugh. And uh, it was rough. It was a very rough... Uh, <laughs> it was almost as depressing as the night I watched uh, Enter the Void and um, Antichrist in the same night. <laughs> yeah. I'm a glutton for punishment, uh, for sure. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, I suck it. This would have been like 2008 or 2009. Um, and so that may have been the first time I had heard the song. Maybe I, huh. I don't know. I, I remember it being on the radio a decent amount. And I have, I had since forgotten that it was, or maybe didn't realize that this particular song was full complosion. Um, yeah. and I've never listened to anything else, uh, this was a rare instance of uh, hearing something and thinking like, I have not heard this since it was actually on the radio. Mm-hmm. Dude, the song slaps. It is awesome. Yep. Baseline is incredible. Uh, it, it sounds like Beck to me or something yeah. along those lines. Like it, yeah. it, it reminds me of... Um, or Butthole Surfers, I thought. It, it reminds me of New Pollution, I think. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Guitar part's really cool too. Yeah, it's very like um, tasteful, subtle. Yes. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Um, I noted uh, coming in at number thirty nine, another song called "Uninvited" by a <laughs> a different uh, people altogether, a band called Ruth Ruth, which is something that I got mixed up uh, a few episodes ago. I think Travis drew attention to uh, a single that hit the modern rock charts by a band called Rusty, I want to say. Yeah. And uh, I I think I chimed in talking about Rusty as if they were actually this band called Ruth Ruth. Um, really? Yeah. And I, I, I caught it and corrected myself on the spot, I believe. Um, but yeah, Ruth Ruth is like a uh, pop punk band-ish, I think. I think they had release stuff on epitaph um and on a major and uh i checked out the song uninvited um i i was aware of them because uh in my early days when i was like first getting into 90s emo um when i was in high school i was really into this record label deep elm records um which released albums by bands uh called the Appleseed cast and planes mistaken for stars and camber and Red Animal War, and very emo-sounding bands. Um, but they had one of their first releases was a 7-inch by Ruth Ruth after they had, like, done the, um, like, kind of major label run and were dropped. Um, and uh, so I was interested, and I checked out the song, and it sucks. It's, oh, <laughs> it's awful. Bummer. It's, it's, a, it's a bad song, yeah. Well, let's rate Lump. Yeah, let's do it. I'm going to go ahead and give it three bass drum luggin' bug-eyed monkeys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'll go ahead and go next. I think Lump is such a delightful, like I said, a breath of fresh air. I give it 4.25 worms in the frog's booty. (laughs) <laughs> Worms and the frog's booty. Um and I will give it uh yeah, I I think Lump is great. Um I will give it four meow 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 meow. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you'd have to give it a full six to go meow 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 meow. Yep. Okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So uh, uh, it misses uh, it misses the uh, Hall of Fame. Did you? Did anyone actually have hopes that the, the lump was going to be in the Hall of Fame? I thought it was a po- I thought it was a serious yeah. possibility. Huh. Maybe a I little did. bit. Okay. I L. I'm with Trev. I thought you were going to love this song. Uh huh. I really did. I thought I was going to be the low rater of this song with a yeah. Four. I mean, I never really said what gets in the way. I, I think I think the song's just a little too dumb. 
um it's fun uh it's efficient um the rhyme scheme is kind of dumb just you know uh in my head might be dead like all that kind of stuff just does uh doesn't do it for me um are the presidents a nirvana wannabe um i don't think that they are a nirvana wannabe i think um that they maybe wouldn't have existed without the existence of Nirvana. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't think they're directly aping anything from Nirvana. Um, I think that, uh, the presidents of the United States, the presidents of the United States were one of the first like post grunge, uh, bands, um, gaining popularity. Um, to me, they're like, uh, I consider them post grunge power pop. Um, and yeah, I, I think, uh, I think there is, uh, yeah, like I said, they wouldn't exist without Nirvana, but I don't think that they're like a, a direct ripoff of, of them. I think they deserve to be recognized for absolutely following their own path. Um, they are totally unique. They are their own thing. Um, they created their own, their own, their own, I don't want to say style because it's still alternative rock, but um, their own way of doing alternative rock. And I think they should be respected for that. Cool. What about you, Al? Um, I think I, I would echo uh, what both of you said. I, I think you've both said things better than I would say them. Um, both in that they are um, influenced by Nirvana, you know, standing on Nirvana's shoulders without aping Nirvana and also in a, in a way that they're kind of a pleasant antidote to uh, some of that Nirvana seriousness that mm -hmm. came into the radio. So um, I definitely think they're independent thinkers. They're, do they're doing their own thing. Well, tell me all your thoughts on pod as part of the Off Shelf family. Head to offshelf.net to sign up for their monthly zine and check out our sibling podcast, Best Song Ever. Email us about upcoming songs at thoughtsonpod at gmail.com. Email us a question and we'll discuss it at our earliest convenience or send us comments, memories, corrections, and complaints. If you send comments as a voice memo, we'd love to include them at the end of the show. Listen along with our playlist on Spotify, Apple Music, or watch along on YouTube. You can also join our Facebook group, Tell Me All Your Thoughts on Tell Me All Your Thoughts on Pod. Um, I'm sorry to say that you two are going to have to sit out next week's episode. Oh. It's reserved for my friends. <laughs> <laughs> the song by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> uh, bye. Bye. bye.